0: Hey folks, welcome back to PK, the Preacher's Kid. This is Kendall Paul, KP. You know, if I'm going to badmouth being a preacher's kid, like I have in past episodes, I better damn well goodmouth it too, right? Keep a balance... Balanced reporting? That's right, P.K. For the good part of being a preacher's kid, I'm thinking I ought to devote several episodes to my omnipresent passion for being on the performance side of the music. Tell us about it, P.K. Research shows that fetal beings in utero are responsive to the goings-on in the outside world, and I think that my mother believed that, too. Given that I was her first child, she likely played her favorite classical albums for herself and me during my residency in her womb. My father probably suggested she throw a little George Beverly Shea into the mix. Mr. Shea worked as song leader for the Billy Graham Crusades long ago. Either way, I was attracted to classical music as a child, as well as the Southern Gospel tunes sung in church. I got to know them well and knew all the parts, I was pretty set to go, musically. One might venture to say that I was born with a proclivity for classical and gospel. I liked them both, so let's get to it. Only classical and religious albums were allowed airtime in the preacher's household. I would be lying there in my bed during nap time, listening to a classical symphony softly playing in the living room. It set my imaginative spirit soaring into the clouds that brushed across my closed eyes. There was a funereal sadness to all the classical, though, for example, I like to pretend I was attending the funeral of a lost king or queen in a remote castle somewhere in the craggy mists. My eyes would water up even though they were closed. Then the Wigdon brothers came to Maine and awakened me from the classical music dream. They performed a preaching and a singing, a week-long series of revival meetings at our church in Lincoln. The huge church windows were slung open on those hot summer evenings of revival. Most crucial was the ventilation for a packed house, the most people in our church in Lincoln that I ever had seen. Extra rows of folding chairs had to be set up in the rear of the sanctuary to accommodate them all. The Wigdon brothers hailed from Naples, New York, a rural town in one of the most scenic of the western Finger Lakes region. Summers there, the Wigdon family hosted tent meetings on the old fairgrounds. Brothers Lawrence and Robert had teamed up to travel 500 miles north to minister in Dad's church in Lincoln, Maine, a paper mill town with a 100% Caucasian population. The brothers rocked that church and its overflow congregation every night. The first black gospel preaching and music I heard there really got my spirit soaring. I have, of course, had to attend every revival service, but I didn't mind that so much. I loved the music with Brother Robert on the piano. He sang, My Didn't It Rain! during one of the offertories, while accompanying himself on a rollicking piano. Robert was a large man, and his legs nearly straddled both ends of the piano bench. His suit coat stretched taut over his broad back and its sleeves drawn up to the elbows of his huge arms that swung back and forth over the keyboard from end to end. A crease of sweat shone on the back of his neck since the old upright piano faced the front wall robert would turn every so often to face the crowd sideways as he performed i loved watching and listening to him i was drawn into a song sung and played by a live performer for the first time oh my didn't it rain although I must credit my mother with her marvelous performances on the flute, which drew me into them also. She had obtained her master's degree in flute at the Cleveland Conservatory. She could have performed with national symphony orchestras if she were the ruthless, competitive type. Instead, she performed mostly during the special music portion of morning services. Around Christmas time, my mom would play Oh, Holy Night. She'd start out low and mellow, then transport her audience into another key and soaring octaves rippling above the holy hush of the church body. I sat there thinking, if I could play like that, I want to play an instrument too. Since infancy, I was bathed in the sound of my mother practicing flute at home in the parsonage in one of the rooms with the music stand and all her music books and papers around it. She loved her instrument and knew she had to keep her chops up on practically a daily basis to maintain her performance level. That love for her music naturally conveyed itself to me. That's what music does. Thank you, Brother Robert. Thank you, Mom. At that age, I don't recall wanting immediately to play piano or flute like that or anything other than sitting there watching and listening to your music. It moved me. Yes, it did. So, folks, I thank my church for those musicians who performed there. It moved me more than any altar call I ever heard. I also must give my church credit for inducing me to mitigate boredom by learning to sight read the vocal parts in a hymn book, so that by listening to the church pianist and guessing the note-to-note intervals of pitch as I sung through the verse and chorus, I learned to sing vocal harmony. I found the bass line for one verse, then switched to the alto part and the G clef for the chorus, Next verse I'd sing tenor, then switch back to bass again by the end of the song. I learned to go for that sound and the feel when two or more voices perfectly harmonize. I learned that when all voices are in pitch, the harmonies resonate together like bells, a certain ring to the sound, a subtle resonation that is felt more than heard. At this point, shortly after the Wigdens left, there was a lot of music going on in the outside world. Up until I could listen to my friend's radio while visiting him on the other side of town, I'd never heard the least bit of American rock and roll which had been brewing in the southern states at the time. Jerry Lewis, Elvis Presley, B.B. King, Carl Perkins, not to mention the country music coming from down there, I'd never heard of rock and roll or country music. I'd never heard of the blues. The only secular music shows we were permitted to watch on television were Hee Haw and Lawrence Welk while visiting my mom's parents, shows which at the time, to me, seemed too goofy, too cartoonish to draw much interest on my part. Well like I said. There was a lot of noise going on in the outer world, begging my keen interest. Began the British invasion of rock and roll bands, launched by a seemingly extraterrestrial phenomenon known as the Beatles. They were young like me. Everybody talked about them. My folks denied my use of the TV during the Bob Hope Show on which the Beatles were introduced to a national television audience. It was on a Sunday night after church. Later, I did finally hear them on a girlfriend's transistor radio playing live at Shea Stadium, where the Yankees always played. I liked the beat. I wanted to play in a rock band like that. I wanted to get on that stage and play with somebody other than a preacher's kid. I wanted the girls to go crazy over me. Well, folks, I would never live to realize that dream, and I'm still living as I speak. When I finally did arrive on the stage ten years later, the girls did not go crazy over me, and they still don't, they just grin. An emotionally traumatic event in my pursuit of a musical career as rock musician occurred at age 16. After having moved to Machias and completed my sophomore year there as the new boy, that summer a cool bunch of senior guys asked me to join their band. They needed a keyboard player. They had borrowed someone's Fox combo organ for me to use at practice. We rehearsed in the guitar player's cellar. He lived a couple houses up the street from mine. Word came that we got our first gig playing at the Congregational Church rec hall. So we started practicing in a larger hall that was vacant just around the corner from my place. My mother had found out about the gig from the Congregationalist minister while she worked as a music teacher in the school's. I had kept my band practices a secret from my parents, who I knew wouldn't approve. My mother and father approached me after school one afternoon as I was about to make an excuse to go somewhere only to make one more practice without them finding out that I was playing in a rock and roll band. They had no idea I had been practicing with them. So that makes me a liar, I guess. Out of the blue, my dad explained how they found out I was playing in a band. They told me that I could not play with a rock band. I exploded. My vision blurred. If had I a gun, I would have blown my head off. I swore every oath I could think of, including the F word. I screamed unintelligibly words of remonstrance. Then my mother started crying when she asked, What have we done wrong? I felt terrible for her, but yelled at her to shut the fuck up and stop crying. I wanted to die. I had to walk down the street that day and tell the guys I was not allowed to play in a band. I was humiliated, angry, mad, and all twisted up inside. That's when the first wisps of hate began to infiltrate my young life. I wanted out. It really sucked. Put another nickel in, in the nickel. You know, I thought my life as a PK was over, but it wasn't. That's why I was so blue. It Machives I was known as a church boy. Same thing, right? You know, I couldn't disobey my parents at that time for some reason, but I simply couldn't suppress my passion for playing rock and roll. I realized now that in order to do so, I would have to sneak around until I became financially independent. That prospect would be a challenge until I graduated five years later from college and found gainful employment. Until then, I had to sneak around. I did graduate with a BA in English and Creative Writing. That degree did not help me in the least to gain employment until nearly 20 years later as a school teacher. So, I snuck around during my college years playing with different garage bands. But how did my PK sensibility play into my rock and roll exploits? Well, I'll discuss that in an upcoming episode where I finally join up with a highly successful band in the Western New York region. Well, enough for now. Thanks for listening, folks. Till next time, this is PK. May you find your way. Thanks for listening.